step into the sin bin. This is Penalty Box Radio. Three-time Best Sports Blog winner. With Justin Bradford. Two-time Toasted Music City Best Sports Reporter. And Glenn Blackwell. Brought to you by E610 Athletes. It's time to talk all things hockey in the Music City. Penalty Box Radio is on. Smashville's Best Sports Talk. ESPN. 102.5 The Game. Hello and welcome to Penalty Box Radio, powered by E610 Athletes. Justin Bradford, producer Buck behind the glass, special guest in studio, Michael Wade. Join us tonight, our analytics reporter for Penalty Box Radio, Glenn Blackwell, stuck in the borough, internally stuck at work. <laughs> so we are going to hold the four down here. There's absolutely nothing to talk about hockey-wise, no trades, no games, nothing to talk about. So there's the show. Go ahead and uh, take us out, Buck. <laughs> I mean, that's fine. I'll go home early. I don't care. <laughs> no, we've plenty to talk about, plenty to talk about tonight. Potential trades coming up, the, the smoke's starting to blow. We've had a, already a trade go down in the NHL today. And then we have some college hockey to talk about, Middle Tennessee State. They have games this weekend against Mississippi State, so we have their captain coming on to join us a little bit later. But first of all, I, I want to introduce you all to Michael Wade here. I'm really glad to have this, this fellow join us because he's, he's done a great work with Penalty Box Radio in introducing people, along with George Matarangas, to the world of analytics. And I know it's something we've been talking so much about here lately with hockey, and more and more people seem to be interested in this because it, it tells a different story to the game. And that's what they've been doing a really good job is, is, is telling the stories of the game and, and looking deeper into what the players are doing, what teams are doing. So, so Michael, welcome to the studio. Really appreciate you, man. Well, it sounds a little nicer when you talk about it. Most of my uh, interactions with people online, they're they're not fans of the analytics, but uh, I appreciate you t- talking so kindly about me. Well, no, what's great is whenever we publish an article talking about analytics or, or, or trades or why these trades should happen or the report cards or anything, it's always generating conversation. So it means people are, have value in it of, of conversation. They, they ask questions, which right off the bat, when people are asking questions, that's a great sign. What... If there's something that you could say in terms of questions about analytics, what's the most popular question that people tend to ask you guys that they're interested about or need more explaining on? I think the the main source of concern for a lot of people is that um, y- you know if you pick any kind of metric to use or, or field of statistics to use, it's it seems very kind of one dimensional to people, and they'll they'll raise a lot of questions about okay, well what what are the statistics not showing me about this player? And I think as as kind of analytics minded people, it we should remind ourselves you have to consider things like mm-hmm. you know is the player nice to be around is is the team <laughs> you know vibing is is the culture good those are certainly things that you can't really quantify mm-hmm. um i think and then, and then a lot of we get a lot of pushback unfortunately because oh, i absolutely. think i think a lot of it is is you know you see just this this value and i'm you know i'm a stranger and i'm showing you this number and i'm telling you that means that your favorite <laughs> player isn't actually very good and no one likes to hear that um so i think that uh you know, we could both both kind of the very old school traditional community and the uh, you know the kind of forward thinking maybe analytics community should probably try to find some common ground. Absolutely, sure. Statistics don't show everything. You know, we're trying to show as much as we can with those statistics. Well, and hey, what's been interesting over the past few years is that we've seen all these different Twitter accounts of people that are into analytics, and all of a sudden they'll go dark for a few days, yeah. and it's like, oh, hey, I've been hired by. It's spooky. <laughs> it is spooky, but it shows that there's demand out there for teams. And I know a lot of it started to seem like in junior hockey, because I've been around, I know the the, Spitz, the Windsor Spitfires were into it pretty early, and I met their analytics guy, 
a few years ago when I was in Windsor to take in a Spitfires game. He's like, yeah, I'm the analytics guy. Young guy, just out of college, but math degree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Able to analyze things like that. And it seemed to take into account a lot of things there. And you see it going forward more and more. I mean, Toronto, obviously oh, yeah. way with, big with, Dubis, yeah. with Dubis, yeah, and young guys, a mm-hmm. general manager. So it shows there's demand out there for teams, maybe not fans or even players because they're like, oh, I just want to play the game. Or I just want to watch the game and enjoy it. But yeah. there is a segment of people out there that they want to dive deeper into the game. You saw it with baseball Absolutely. already. I think baseball is like the original yeah. analytics sport. Yeah. And, and I, Go ahead. No, and, and it's been interesting to see that. Now you have certain fans that want to know about, more about that as well and, and explain it too. So folks, so if you want to know more about hockey analytics, there's a great series on Penalty Box Radio. It's just introducing hockey analytics and what they are and what they mean in a very simplified manner so you can understand it to dive into why your favorite player is awful. <laughs> no, not but, awful. Not not awful. <laughs> I never said that. Terrible on ice. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but wanted to give a little background for on, on Michael and what, what he's done and great work on the Between the Things podcast with Georgia Matarangas because I got to shout him out. He wasn't able to make it here because he's a loser in coaching hockey tonight. Yeah, contributing uh, to the local hockey Yeah, community. he's contributing Jeez. by being a coach. Oh my yeah. goodness. But let's, let's go back back and let's talk about the win the Predators had over Dallas and I tweeted last night too this was one of those much needed victories over a struggling Dallas Stars team who had been shut out in two straight games so it's very important to get that win because you know Dallas is going to come out one wanting to score a goal (laughs) two wanting to get a victory at home because they had not been at home in over in two weeks five straight on the road I believe it was so Dallas coming back home and it was one of those games, too, it was back and forth. I actually enjoyed this game. A lot of the Dallas-Nashville games haven't nearly been as much goal scoring as a 5-3 to three game. But you're seeing some more and more of that rivalry starting to show. And it, it, it excites me a little bit more that right off the bat, you have P.K. Subban and Jamie Benn jawing at each other. Makes me excited for a Winter Classic that features ri- rivals <laughs> in a game like that, too. But what was your take on, on this game and, and how important it was for Nashville to kind of get over that after, what, after that thumping against Vegas? First of all, I think every time... I've watched these two teams play recently, and they have played an awful lot recently. I'm reminded of how great of a matchup it is. They're so fun to, you know, when they play each other. And I'm I'm quite boring. I, I actually prefer a low-scoring game. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I think one nothing, 2-1, those games are really fun, but nothing like a good old 5-3 every now and then. Uh, I think it was, it was one of Nashville's best games in recent memory, and maybe that's not so surprising because they've been kind of struggling. Um, but I think they faced quite a bit of adversity in this game. Dallas came out, like you said, kind of with a chip on their shoulder, all guns blazing. And Nashville, they kind of you know absorbed the punches. They had that 60-second stretch or whatever where things kind of fell apart. I thought I was kind of surprised for, that neither of those goals were challenged, but right. maybe that's yeah. beside the point. <laughs> um, but, you know, they fought back quickly uh, with a goal of their own, and uh, I was impressed. It's um, I probably get criticized a lot for being very negative about this team, but they did impress <laughs> me a lot last night with how they kind of they they took the circumstances for what they were. They knew what the situation of the game was, and and they they were in the right areas to score goals when they needed to. Um, they got contributions from all up and down the lineup, which is always really nice to see. Rocco Grimaldi is absolutely kind of a, a really you know maybe a depth player but has a really nice offensive upside so a lot of good things i think to take away from that dallas game absolutely you're listening to penalty box radio here in nashville's best sports talk this is justin bradford michael wade joining me in studio right now and and looking at this nashville you granted their games in hand but only one point behind winnipeg where it seems like we talked pre-show they've been treading water <laughs> since november it seems you know inconsistent but still winning some games here and there and finding a way the west overall is just so weak and we were talking about that before too the los angeles kings who come to nashville Thursday night are only eight points out of a playoff spot. So usually at this time you have teams that are just laughably 
completely yeah. eliminated yeah. already. No one in the West is, and you have Chicago of all teams, one point out of the playoffs. Nashville, I mean, yeah, St. Louis is right on their tail with three games in hand. Winnipeg has three games in hand. Nashville's played a lot of games, a lot of games, and that's why I think this trade deadline's been interesting because they're going to get out of the trade deadline with way less games to play in the season than everyone else in the league to get a new player acclimated if they decide to make a move. But like you said, lots of players contributing. Now, Brian Boyle, <laughs> before his goal, and just seeing the full gif of this, oh, yeah. where he completely demolishes yeah. Tyler Sagan at one end, and then it seems like it's a casual stroll for him because he has such long legs. He's so tall. It's Groot out there, just casually <laughs> strolls. and Goal! I think that's the epitome of why why you got Brian Boyle for what he can do because he went and destroyed a guy, skated back, and went to the right place and found the back of the net. And he's already contributed two goals since being acquired, and he's been that big body. Now, granted, the power play has not been successful. Like, it no. hasn't been all, you could all say season. That. <laughs> uh, but you can see that at least he's doing his job, yeah. and that's what you want out of him, that he's going to where he needs to be. It already seems like he's providing that great presence, and I love – him being on a line with Rocco Grimaldi. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. have Rocket Raccoon and Groot <laughs> next to each other. They both scored. So what have you thought about this? Just the addition of Brian Boyle so far in terms of just what he provides for what his role is? Yeah, so I think the, the primary strength for a guy like Brian Boyle is net front, net front presence. And to me, to, to be a successful uh, you know, forward in that area, right in that goalie crease where kind of the, the dangerous chances happen. You need really two things. and it, One is physicality and two is hockey IQ. You need to know where to position yourself at all times. And on that play you're referencing last night, he demonstrated, A, certainly his physicality with a big hit on the boards on uh, Tyler Sagan. And then the the hockey IQ, I think, like you said, it, it seemed like a casual stroll down the ice. <laughs> and I was, you know, for someone like me who plays hockey at a very low level same i'm so envious of of you just watch his eyes as he skates down the mm-hmm. ice he knows exactly where he's going he knows exactly who's going to get the puck to him sure enough he's in the right place at the right time it it may seem fortuitous but i mean you saw him planning that the entire yep. 200 feet you know he knew what was going to go what was going to go down so for you know a, a bottom six forward i think brian boyle is a great addition you talk about um, you know, things I don't like to talk about, like culture and locker room and all, you know, those mm-hmm. things. I think by all accounts, he's a, a really stand-up guy to have around an organization and obviously can contribute on the ice. So uh, I'm, I'm very pleased with the Brian Boyle edition. I, I hope they're not done. Right. I don't think no. they are, but I'm I'm happy with it, uh, with uh, Boyle being around for sure. And we'll address that in the next segment for sure. And I got to, uh, did you say organization? Are you Canadian? Did I, did I say that with the Canadian? Oh, I am guilty of that. Yeah, oh, you did. Organization. And I'll, I'll blame George, <laughs> a fellow PBR contributor. He he is uh, from Northern California, but everyone yeah. thinks he's from Ontario. Uh, that little stint with the, with the London Knights. Yeah, right. <laughs> no, when I, I get made fun, and I'm, the few people that I was able to get to listen to this because I was on it tonight were, are going to be making fun of me because uh, they make, you know, when I talk about hockey, I tend to slip into that. <laughs> I mean, I, I do too. It's just natural. How should natural. I say organization? Just what should I say you organization? Just said it right. Yeah, you just said it, you said it right. You said it the American way. I did I grew, the air quotes. Yeah, I grew up here. <laughs> grew up in Nashville. Organizer. Hey, when you're surrounded by it, it's easy to slip yeah. into it. Okay, up next, a few days away from the trade deadline. That's coming up on Monday. So much is going smoke everywhere on what could be happening, what the Predators could be involved in. We're going to discuss that up next on Pelling to Box Radio on Nashville's best sports talk, ESPN 1025 The Game. Welcome back to Penalty Box Radio, powered by E60 Athletes. J. 
Justin Bradford, Michael Wade, producer Buck behind the glass. And now let's, before we get to trade talk, I want to talk a little bit more to Michael here so you all get to know him a little bit more because he's Penalty Box Radio analytics reporter and had a great experience just a few weeks ago. You had the NWHL All-Star Game, which, I mean, you got to be there and you got to ask a question. I did. <laughs> I mean, that's always, that's always a big deal, too, when you get to ask that question in a scrum. What was that experience like? Because you had a, a wonderful article. The NWHL shared your article. Yeah, that was, uh, I mean, that was really meaningful to see that I kind of got their thumbs up on that because that was... Mm-hmm. As I explained in the article, that's way out of my element, typically for <laughs> what I write about. Um, I just, I just wanted to, you know, I think it was the night after, it was the night of the All Star Game, and I was trying to go to bed, and I just, I was still buzzing from the day because it was such mm-hmm. an exciting experience, and I, I just, I decided I, I couldn't go to sleep. I had to, you know, try to, try to put words on paper, and yeah, I was really happy with the product, and um, I mean, what that was just an amazing weekend, and. and Maybe it's sappy, but I, it truly reminded me kind of why I love hockey and, and why I watch it so much and why I annoy everyone around me by talking about it so much. It's, it's not sappy. I mean, it's sappy, but it's awesome yeah, sappy. I mean, yeah. there's a such thing as that. I, as I said, it was, I mean, it's just <laughs> overall just an incredibly uplifting kind of positive experience. There were, you know, there's no kind of other side to it. It's just mm-hmm. really positive and, and, and great. It was fantastic to be a part of it. And also that weekend was SCCHC tournament, which we've obviously discussed here because of, well, selfish reasons. Yes. Uh, Commissioner. <laughs> you got to do advanced stats, or a lot of stats, too, and with yeah. a huge crew of volunteers. So what is it like for college hockey being able to do stats like that and having this crew of volunteers doing something that a lot of times is just you and George doing? Yeah, and, and I, last year I helped out with that as well, and I believe it was it was me and, and maybe one other person and trying to track seven or eight different things during a game. <laughs> <laughs> so <Sorry>. this. <laughs> No, and, and and that was great because it, I learned a lot about what I wanted this year and and the kind of size and and I mean we were blown away by the number of volunteers we had helping us and people from all different backgrounds and you know some people had had never heard of things like quality shot attempts and you know they maybe they hear of goals and assists but everyone came with the you know the desire to learn and they really wanted to help out and that was an incredible experience as well and you know it's it's a lot of fun it, when you make. My, my, I guess my method for preparing for something like that is, is to make the spreadsheet, try to, you know, think about when I'm watching the game, what am I going to be able to look for? You know, am I going to, for each player, how many things am I going to be able to track? And to, I mean, to have so many people helping out when you really get in the zone, when you're kind of in that, maybe the second period and you've had, you've had 20 minutes under your belt and everyone's kind of working well together. I mean, it's, it's really exhilarating to have a team working to collect that much information because you can collect an incredible amount of information about those games in such a short period of time. So, you know, for, for every player, you know, we might've tracked at least a dozen, you know, maybe closer to two dozen events per player per game, which is just so much more than, you know, a lot of people can offer at the collegiate level. So yeah, that was a blast. Oh, it was crazy. And for ACHA hockey, and then afterward, we had goalies. And then you guys yeah. up on Twitter, well, what it's about my stats for this? Goalies. It's always the goalies. One of those stats. But it, it shows the demand, not necessarily the demand for it, but the want for it and the curiosity behind some of these stats to have these players wanting to know how they perform. Because if anything, to improve their performance where they could get better, yeah. you know, how they did, because they want to get better. Especially these college guys, they want to they want to win. It shows them how to win and to get better and coaches make adjustments. So I uh, just wanted to thank you on air. Uh, for all the work that you and George put in on that, because it was awesome, and to see the student athletes, yeah, see that as well was really cool to see how they looked at it and took took a lot from it too. Especially goalies demanding it, they, they always want to know. Yeah, <laughs> no, the the pleasure was ours. I mean, it was, 
really an incredible experience. And yeah, we were, you know, we were working, but it, it felt like fun to me. So thank yeah, you. That's, that's all that matters. That's all that matters. So let's, let's talk about trades here. And there's been so much smoke around, you know, Matt Duchesne. Yeah. <laughs> Matt Duchesne this, Matt Duchesne that. And, and or especially with Nashville and people looking at things. Well, I mean, he says that he's an aspiring country music singer. That's not new on his profile folks. And that it, he loves the new Florida, Georgia line. Oh God. Why yeah. album <laughs> <laughs> that right there? The, no, bro. No. Uh, but it's been interesting to see because personally, I think a lot of us, when we're talking about who the predator, who we'd like to see the predators acquire. Matt Duchesne isn't necessarily always up there because the need isn't at center. And he can play wing, yes, but do you want to pay a guy that much <laughs> who's wanting that much that's a center to play at wing? I would say no. I mean, obviously Mark Stone's the top one for me, but there's been zero connection so far to Mark Stone and, and Nashville. The same thing with uh, Artemi Panarin, which would be a true rental, and you already know that he would not be signed in Nashville. But there's other players like Matt Zuccarello, Chris Kreider, Gustav Nyquist. Michael, in terms of looking at, say, your top five or even your top three that would be able to really contribute to this National Predators team, that that would be feasible. <laughs> That's always the good thing is feasible. Who would they be? I, yeah, and I can I can talk about the top three, and it's the same as we've heard, you know, ad nauseum the past two two weeks. It's it's Mark Stone, Matt Deshane, Artemi Panarin. And in, in my rankings, I'm with you. I think Mark Stone – it's hard to really explain how much of an impact a player like that can have. He is a a special player, Mark Stone, and and I like I'm really disappointed. Like you kind of pointed out that there has been no <laughs> connection whatsoever I between uh, Nashville and Mark Stone, because, especially because I have I would be really surprised if if these Ottawa names that have been floating around stay in Ottawa. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You, you know they'd have to really get a good offer. So. Right, exactly. So they're going to go somewhere. And, uh, you know, if you talk about Nashville hopefully still being a, a cup contender, that means that they're going to go to a comp, you know competing team. So you want to get the best guy out of there. That said, um, I I do also really like Panarin. And I'm and Duchesne I would have come in at third on kind of my preference. But don't, don't take that. I think when I, you know, say that online, a lot of people take that to mean I don't want Duchesne on the team. That's right. I mean, he, he will be an immediate positive contributor oh, for sure. this team. The problem is that I think, as as you mentioned at the beginning of the show, Nashville's kind of been treading water, it seems. Mm-hmm. So for a lot of us, what we take is they don't need kind of marginal boosts here and there. What they really need is a player that can turn this offense around. Scoring on the second line is going to be huge. I mean, that's mm-hmm. that's really, I think, been the the night and day issue between this Nashville team and, and previous couple of years is the depth scoring is totally dried up. Now, I don't think that is uh, – I think that can be fixed. I think Fiala especially has a lot of potential, and he's con- he's contributing well. He's con- he's doing things that – I see nerds, a smirk on your face right now, he's, Fiala, because we all know. Yes. <laughs> he's doing things that people like me <laughs> like. Uh, the goals are not coming, but what you th- – it kind of brings you to a broader point right. about why we do analytics. It's not right. to tell me what has happened. It's to tell me what we think can happen in the future. Sure. And Fiala is doing all the right things to, to make me believe that he's still – I mean, he's 22 years old. He's mm-hmm. he's the, the team's like kind of primary developing player. So <laughs> if you can put like a Duchesne next to him, it's, you know, it's not to disparage Kyle Turris, who I think has, his season's been really disrupted by injuries. And, and you know, I don't think that we should ignore that. I think that that, that is a factor. Mm-hmm. Um, but to have a player, Duchesne's real benefit is that he can, he's a really good 
uh, you know, zone enterer, I guess you could say. He, he can enter the offensive zone while maintaining possession of the puck. When you watch hockey, things that drive me crazy, dumping the puck in, drives me nuts. So that's, in my opinion, should, if, if you counted those as turnovers, which I think you should, suddenly Kevin Fiala, P.K. Subban, these guys that get criticized for turning the puck over wouldn't mm-hmm. look so bad because... <laughs> anyway, this, so Duchesne, I think, if he can carry the puck in, Fiala is, is good, and I was talking to someone on Twitter about this earlier, Fiala is good at having the puck for a short period of time. Mm-hmm. So if you can have a player like Duchesne come in with the puck, maintain the possession for a longer period of time, pass it off to Fiala... Pass it off to Craig Smith, who just shoots the puck immediately. I mean, we know we love him for that. <laughs> Craig Smith will shoot the puck. <laughs> so I think Duchesne would be a great addition. He's not Mark Stone, but I don't think that that's going to happen, unfortunately. It doesn't sound like it. And, and Panarin, as much as I'm a kind of, when it comes to the playoffs, I'm very much a win-now kind of guy. Sure, sure. So I don't, have a, I don't have like a philosophical disagreement with the playoff rental, um, especially not one of Panarin's caliber. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't. I would love that, but I, again, I, it doesn't sound. It sounds like the only player that really has kind of a lot of attention around this move is is uh, Duchesne, and mm-hmm. he's not my number one. But I mean, by all means, I think that's a great, great he's improvement. Yeah, he's improvement. Yeah, and well, like you said, possession too. I think you've written about this as well as Ryan Johansson is his possession. And what he's able to do, too, because he's possessing the puck and then able to dish it off to a guy that's going to shoot like Forsberg or Arvidsson. So same thing that could help out a guy like Kevin Fiala or even Craig Smith who need to be able to shoot the puck, but they also need to be able to get somebody to get to get them the puck to shoot it. Uh, so I do kind of like that, that synthesis there of having two centers that can actually have possession yeah. of the puck, too. Yeah, and you're, you're taking a risk bringing up Brian Johansson around me because he is, I mean... <laughs> An unbelievable player, and I think he gets he flies. Even though he's like first line center, paid a bunch of money, I still think he's undervalued. His and and we talk about Victor Arvidsson, who scores when he wants to. I mean, Arvidsson can just score at any moment, and we love him for that. But look at where he's scoring from. He's scoring on from the crease and a wide open net. Who's getting the puck every time? It's Ryan Johansson. So, like you point out, there's really. I mean, there's a huge amount of value to a center who can drive possession, mm-hmm. who can, who knows where the puck needs to be for a goal to happen. And, you know, Johansson gets all kinds of criticism for not shooting, and I agree sometimes he probably oh, yeah. should just shoot the <laughs> puck. Because when he does, he scores a right. lot. <laughs> <laughs> no, I won't say he, sh- I won't say he, he shoots <laughs> enough, but I think that there's something to be said for use, knowing how to use your wingers to create the goal rather than creating the goal yourself, which um, I think Duchesne can do. And I think... If if you can have a possession driver like that on the second line with Fiala with Smith, again, I it gets a little crowded there because you've got Turris then that you still have to put somewhere, so mm-hmm. that may be an issue. But um, I think that would be a huge benefit to have a player like Duchesne on the second line for sure. So it'll be interesting to see what happens for the next few days. We'll obviously touch more on that in the last segment. But up next, we're going to talk college hockey. Bill Tennessee State captain Nathaniel Wilson talking college hockey. MTFC, they have games this weekend against Mississippi State, so we're going to talk with him up next here on Penalty Box Radio on Nashville's best sports talk, ESPN 102.5 The Game. And welcome back to Penalty Box Radio. Powered by E610 Athletes, Justin Bradford, Michael Wade, producer Buck behind the glass. Welcome to the show. We've talked analytics. We've talked trade scenarios. We've talked everything. And up next, we're going to be talking college hockey. So we have Nathaniel Wilson. He is with Middle Tennessee. Nathaniel, welcome to the show. 
Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, obviously, we love talking college hockey here on Penalty Box Radio, and especially with you guys having games coming up this weekend that people can go and experience. Want to have you on to talk about just Middle Tennessee and, and the hockey program down there because it's up and coming. You guys have had a great season so far and big things happening in the future. So, overall, just what's your experience been like being the leader and, and the captain of this of this hockey club as it's been developing over the past few years? It's definitely been an experience. Uh, coming here three years three years ago and then seeing what this team is now, like I just can't really put into words the growth, the commitment level level, just everything we've had, you know, going into this season. Because I've seen a lot of changes for the better. Like we have a great group of volunteers, a great team players, great leadership, and great coaches as well. Just all putting in a lot of effort just to make this year and the next coming years the best it can be. Oh, absolutely. And and looking at this too, Middle Tennessee, because it's not that far from Antioch, a Ford Ice Center where you guys play, sometimes you guys get a pretty good fan base out there too. So what's it like knowing that you have some rowdy fans that you can play in front of? Even if for a late night game, you guys have plenty of fans that are showing up to cheer you guys on. It's great. It really is because just when we get the fans out there, it makes you know the blood pumping a bit more, the journaling gets going and we just want to put a good show out there for the fans and, you know, support them for making the you know, a thirty minute drive that not a lot of people, you know, want to make, but we just appreciate them, you know, taking the time out of the day to come to watch us. And you know, like, it's great whenever we get a, we get a big hit and you hear the crowd go crazy or we score and then everyone just on their feet. Like, it just it adds to the overall experience that that we are lucky to have here in Tennessee since college hockey is growing. You know, it's it's just awesome to see whenever we get them out there. And Nathaniel Wilson is the captain of Middle Tennessee Hockey. Nathaniel, just what's the backstory for you? How did you get involved in hockey? How did you start playing to, to help lead you to where you are right now? So I'm originally from Bowling Green, Kentucky, and I grew up playing inline hockey for a long time, and I didn't start playing ice hockey until about eighth grade. And so there's no ice rink in Bowling Green. So I had to travel up to Owensboro, Kentucky, which is about an hour north, and I ended up playing for a high school up there. And um, during that time, during the summer, I would come play Nashville because it's also just an hour away from, from Bowling Green. And uh, my senior year, we ended up winning state. And then uh, Jason Rockard, our coach, ended up coming to one of our games in Nashville and talked to me a little bit, recruited me. And, you know, it was the best decision for me to come to MTSU. And you mentioned how, uh, you know, incredible the growth has been for college hockey and kind of non-professional hockey here in Middle Tennessee where do you think that uh, you know it can go? What would you like to see out of the kind of the Middle Tennessee hockey? How would you like to see it keep growing in the next few years? I think soon I would like to see like a consistent fan base of like over just a couple hundred people showing up to every game. Uh, us maybe potentially getting you know something the larger schools have like team buses or just just a lot of the nicer things and. <laughs> This is a long shot, but if, if we could get this program and hockey big enough in Murfreesboro, even getting a rink there and maybe getting like our own locker room in Murfreesboro, because if we could have our own rink here in town, that would just flourish this team so much, being able to practice so often and just being here and just like being able to advertise to these students that, hey, come to the rink on campus. So that would just bring so much more people and just – it would just make the team so much popular. I, just, I can't imagine how how great an experience that would be for everyone involved if we could do that. 
Oh, hey, that's definitely something that I want to see Nathaniel in. And what's interesting, too, is that a lot of people, I mean, we've talked about it plenty on this show, too, but, you know, Middle Tennessee, Vanderbilt, local schools, the SECHC schools, and so many of the other schools around the country are in the ACHA. So it's it's club hockey. It's not varsity hockey, but it's just as it's, it's competitive. There's travel involved. There's so much that's involved. What is that balance like for you as a student athlete to, to know that you, you have hockey, you have practices, but you also have class, you have to maintain certain grades, you have to do all this stuff. What's that that, that balance like for you uh, each week? So, like, I personally try to treat it as if I'm in, like, an NCAA, like, Division One program. Mm-hmm. So, like, every day I do my workouts. Every day I have my certain study time, eat well, do everything they would normally do because I want to put – the best output I can for this team and for my studies as well. Um, and a lot of the guys and girl on the team, we all put in that effort. So, I mean, we want, we treat this program as if it is a top notch program mm-hmm. because that's what we want it to be. And that's what we want to leave it for these, you know, seventh and eighth graders that may potentially come into this program the next five years. Um, but I love it. I love having that balance in between because, you know, you're only in college once. So to be able to take advantage and really, you know, go into what this is, which is college hockey, you know, it's just great. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade it for anything. That's awesome. And that's what I love seeing it, not just as your future commissioner, but, but as a lover of yeah. hockey uh, here in, in Middle Tennessee uh, as well. I love seeing programs that, that want to keep taking that next level, that next step too. And it's obvious that Middle Tennessee is doing that just in terms of having volunteers and having people that are managing social media and managing all these different things because it's been that experience too that what we're seeing is it's not just preparing you know, on the, on the ice, but it's preparing so many different students for life after hockey or after college as well with these experiences. So, so that's one of those things too, is what, what is your plan? What do, what are you wanting to accomplish and do uh, once you leave middle Tennessee state? Well, I want to leave this program the best it can, whether that be leave this team with a lot of money so mm-hmm. they can use it to however they want to get multiple ice times a week to get, like an awesome like third or fourth jersey option to get a like nice van, just anything. Just leave them with a lot of a lot of money so they can, you know, sit comfortably as the transition comes over with new officers. Um, for for personally after, it's just I just want to you know do whatever like God has set for me, whether that be you know, to pursue hockey or if it's to pursue like coaching or something with my major in like animation or computer science. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a lot of different options. So I'm really just listening to him to see what he has for me. And I'm just excited to be in this journey where I am right now. Oh, that that's that's great, and love that your journey is is taking that direction. So let's let's get to know Nathaniel a little bit more before we have to let you go. So, are there any certain types of song that that you listen to in the locker room to get you pumped up, or is there is there a resident DJ in your locker room? How how does the team get ready, and how do you get ready for each game? So we do have a giant boombox, and I, can't, <laughs> I honestly don't know whose it is. And the music kind of gets it's a lot of old school rap. I feel like. And it's sometimes right. a song I've never heard of in my life, and everyone else knows what they are. So, you know, personally, sometimes when I listen to music, it's either kind of like low-key classical, oh, just to kind of get me in that calm setting, in a way, or um, maybe some just like really, really intense, um, like rap music, or <laughs> if I'm feeling maybe like some worship music, just 
All right. This depends on what like gives me calm and just ready and focused. Classical to rap to worship music. That is the eclectic yeah. hockey player taste of music right there, man. So do, do you have any favorite pregame meals? Is there anything that you – how superstitious are you in terms of your game days? Do you have to eat the same thing, wear the same thing? How does that work for you? Well, with my nutrition, I basically <laughs> eat the same thing every day. Uh, like for dinner, it's always chicken and rice. All right. Um, vegetables, protein, yogurt with the fruit every single day. Uh, but for game days, I always put my left shin guard on and then my right one, All left right. skate, right skate. Um, always take off my shoulder pads, knee pads in between intermission, wait to put those on until the very last second. Um, not really much. <laughs> I have, I do have little uh, pumps on the side side of my skates. I'd always do that twenty seven times total. Oh wow! So I either do fourteen on the left, thirteen on the other side, or either or. It just depends. All right. Um, yeah, <laughs> a little different. Oh no, no. Hey, that's that's why we ask because we want to know. But but Nathaniel, we we appreciate your time, man, and and I can't wait to to be out there to catch up. To, to catch the game on, on Friday night and can't wait for you guys to join the SECHC. Really, really excited about having Middle Tennessee in, in the conference next year. Yeah, I'm pumped. Thank you for having me on. Absolutely, folks. That's Nathaniel Wilson. He is the captain of Middle Tennessee State University Hockey. They have games this weekend at Ford Ice Center, February 22nd at 10 p.m. And then senior night is February 23rd at 9.30 p.m. And hey, the Preds play early on Saturday. They play 4.30, so there's you don't have an excuse. Go out there, support Middle Tennessee Hockey at Fort Ice Center, 9.30 p.m. this Saturday for senior night. It's going to be a big night there. So big thanks to Nathaniel for joining us. He's the captain of Middle Tennessee. So up next, we're going to bring back a fun segment. It's Dumb Things Said on Preds Facebook. And then we're going to answer some some Twitter questions as well because we have plenty to talk about. Justin Bradford, Michael Wade, listening to Penalty Box Radio here on Nashville's Best Sports Talk, ESPN 102.5 The Game. And welcome back to Penalty Box Radio, powered by E610 Athletes. Justin Bradford, Michael Wade, producer Buck, always with the beats, man. Always with the good beats. Do you have like a playlist or do you just find them randomly? Uh, I wish I could attribute my genius to something, but I just kind of sit back here and play around with music the entire time while you're talking. So attribute his genius. <laughs> could I could I have made that sound any more pretentious? No, no. Success. Analytics yep. say no. <laughs> Quantifiably, I am the most obnoxious. I mean, I'm sure some people would agree. Let's go to Twitter. <laughs> At Buck Rogers. Uh, yeah. All right, folks, I wanted to bring this segment back because it's it's silly season when it comes to trade time. This time of year and free agency, and then usually the day when your favorite team is kicked out of the playoffs, are three of the best times of the year for social media comments. So I, w- I took to Facebook, the Preds Facebook group. You know, there's 27,000 people in this group, so obviously everybody has different opinions, and well, everybody has opinions because there's a keyboard in front of them. They don't think there's any repercussions. Well, the repercussions are you're getting talked about on air. So Are we naming names? I'm not going to name names. Good I'm man. not. I'm not. I'm not that kind of person. We don't deserve you. <laughs> so here, here's a comment, Michael, that saw on Preds Facebook today about trade time. This guy was being serious too, fully serious because I started reading more and more comments. He was not backing down from trolling or anything like that. 
he was being uber serious about this. Buddy in Ottawa, that's always that always has the scoop from them, says a deal is done, but Preds fans won't be happy. It was fun, RV. Good luck in Ottawa. Oh, and Tolvin and plus a first round. Please let him be wrong. <laughs> I think he's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> then, then he continued on. Just talked to my friend in Ottawa again that always has the scoop. I'm ticked he is right. Bye bye, RV. <laughs> wow. Dude, dude, dude really, really thinks he's right. So this one's about uh, Roman Yossi. One good game. He can score, but he has been, for the most part, lackluster on defense and leadership. This is an interesting recurring thing is is that Roman Yossi can't possibly be a good leader because we don't see him get angry, I guess, is the reasoning. <laughs> that is the reasoning. For, I mean, I, I you know, if you're used to the, the sports movie scene of the captain getting up on the bench and mm-hmm. chewing everybody out, maybe, but, you know, it's... It's just a different culture. I think I think Roman Yossi can do whatever he wants because he's very good offensively and I think mm-hmm. that he, he he can be a little bit, you know, adventurous, I would say, with his defensive responsibilities, right. but he's I personally don't he, the top four def- defensemen on this team are are kind of off limits for criticism for me usually. Um overall. Yeah, overall, there's certain yes. games, but right, games, right, of right, course. Right. Yeah, and Roman Yossi had a great yeah. game last night too. I I yeah, the the leadership thing <laughs> that comes up every day. <laughs> like you in there, you know. How do you know? Right. Well, I'm not seeing him yelling or getting angry or anything. Like, okay, that's what leaders do, huh? Did you learn that in leadership school? <laughs> do you have your little paper certificate you paid twenty five dollars for for leadership school and how a leader's supposed to react? Okay, all right. Leadership school. By the way, these people talk. I think they've graduated from it. I, I mean, this- from leadership school. <laughs> Happy for it. <laughs> I saw an ad for it on Facebook. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right, this one after the Predators signed Tom McCollum to an to a deal because Grossna got injured. So there's the, the obviously you need to have another goaltender in the system because of this. Okay, we need goal scoring, not tending. I'm confused. Well, <laughs> this is a, this might be confusing because there's actually two teams. Right. Oh, oh there's the really? National Predators. Oh, and there's the Milwaukee Emeralds. They're Never knew. different. Oh my gosh, so there's a farm team. team? <laughs> one team may need scoring, but the other team acquiring a goaltender doesn't actually affect the team that needs scoring. So there you go. <laughs> this one, this one's referring to the playoffs. I'd like to go, but if this team stays this mediocre, well, we'll lose maybe ten zero. Not lose. We'll lose. lose. That's we'll another ten zero thing. I feel yeah. like it's either a Roman Yossi can't lead or a loose instead of lose. Yeah. Uh, I'll be at the playoff games. Oh, yeah, and I, I intend to be. Yeah. Uh, the players play as if they have no pride and no desire to win, and even less respect for their fans. Ooh, They're disrespecting they their are. fans, they have no pride, no respect, no desire to win. Well, Boy. <laughs> you know, the fans are the ones putting in the work. Oh, totally. Every day. Yeah. They're there to cheer and chant and, and to buy the beer and the popcorn and mm-hmm. everything and go it's up those work. stairs. i got to jump up and down during a game. And they're oh, not, you know. The nerve. They're not respecting me. No respect to you at all. Oh, Michael. All right, last one here. This is about uh, P.K. Subban. He does enough showboating on NBC. Yeah, and he's also the best defenseman on the team. Ayo. At me. <laughs> oh, people will. I welcome that. You know people will. That's dumb things said on Predators Facebook. Thanks for tuning in. Okay, folks, It's there's, there's I bet there's so much worse. I'm just going to keep my eye out. For, for next show because we'll get through trade season. Oh yeah, and there's Those so much more. Tame. Yeah, the, the ones that are great are the ones that if another team trades for a player, they go, well, why didn't the, why didn't David Paul do that? Well, because the other team has to also yes. agree. Like it's a two way street, folks. Yeah, you can't just demand a. 
player get traded to your team. It's they got a great, just like free agency. Well, why didn't we sign him? Well, maybe there was an offer, but he didn't want to go there. <laughs> Whatever. Okay, let's get to our questions because we have plenty of them here. Okay, <clears throat> this is from Craig. I'm seeing some people already bashing the tourist trade. Feel this is premature as his injury this season kept him out more, and then his also injured teammates and his line slash power play have not been great. What do you think? Michael, because you actually brought up turrets with the injuries, just what have been what's been your overall take? Cause it's hard to get any consistency on stats from him too, because he has been injured and you know, the time to get back and things like that. So what's what's your take on this? Is it too early to be having a problem with this trade and that the long term deal they signed him to? So my first uh, impressions of the tourist trade, and you can actually go back and hear them because I was recording a podcast when it happened. I like, I definitely like having Kyle Turris on the team, I think it really addressed that depth center need. And I think he he's I think he can be the right guy for the job. I think it's a little expensive. I think his contract is a little expensive. Um, but you know, they're not all slam dunks. Right. So I personally don't have too much of a problem with how Turris has played this year. He's been out for a long time. Mm-hmm. I you know wondered for a while there if he was alive because we just <laughs> didn't hear anything. And now he's back. And the what you're gonna get from Turris is is kind of Things things that you don't necessarily see with the eye test. So he's gonna he's a good possession driver. He's gonna find good passing. He didn't do himself many favors by Fiala and Smith exploding and scoring right when he showed All up because right. then that expectation is always there, yep. right? And we always are waiting oh, for that expectations. To yeah. So it seems by comparison that he's he's not very good, and I I I, w- I don't necessarily agree with that. I think there's I think that he's not playing as well as he can, but. I don't think it's time to to really criticize that trade. It it I remember where the team was at the time, the year before they had lost um, to the Penguins. When I think at that point Colton Sissons was matched against Sidney Crosby because mm-hmm. of injuries. It's like yep. you need center depth, and and that's oh, yeah. what they went and got. So, no, I you won't find me criticizing the tourist trade at this point. Yeah, not at this point. Okay, this is another one too. And there's a couple of people that asked this question as well. So we have uh, Casey asked this and Johnny did too. Uh, if Poyle is confident he can sign Duchesne in the offseason as a free agent, why trade for him now? Do you think that's something that would be possible uh, out there? I think it's possible. But if you're trying to go all in to win a cup now, when I say all in, it's doing whatever you can to, to get that player addition to win the cup, then you do that right now. And then if it's a sign and trade, something like that could happen as well. But the, the, the Duchesne and Nashville talk has been going on for so many years. I'm still so curious if this is something that is just made up by people or if there is actual stuff from the Duchesne camp that shows interest in Nashville or if he just loves the city. Because somebody loves the city doesn't mean you want to play for that team as well. But there's so many connections between this. Michael, what's your take on this as well? I mean, is one of those things that you just wait and see what plays out this season or trade for somebody else that was on, on the list as well? Or Duchesne now, Duchesne free agency? What do you think? So there are two reasons that I think the team needs to go after a player like Duchesne. I'm not saying they, that he's the guy, but if you're going to get him, you need to go after him now. Number one, the kind of the reason that the trade deadline even exists is that there's these players that are coming up on free agency, and the team that currently has their contract doesn't think that they're going to re-sign with that team. So that what the team is risking is losing them for nothing. Because if they just wait for that contract to expire in the offseason, Duchesne can walk, or any player, and the team gets nothing in return. So if you think that the player is going to leave in the summer, you got to try to trade him now, which means he's probably going to go somewhere. And and we're talking about a player like Duchesne. You want a player like that on your team, and which, number two, is Nashville's trying to win a cup right now. If you think Duchesne is a player or, you know, insert player name here, is a guy that's going to improve your chances of winning right now, 
and you're a cup contender, there is absolutely no reason to tiptoe around it. I think that the Predators are most of the Predators roster right now is either in or just past their prime. So you never know what's going to happen with cup windows. They can be very fleeting. You don't know what kind of deals are going to be done in the summer. You never know with injuries. People could just crash, you know, their numbers could crash all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. If you think you have an opportunity to win and you think there's a player that can help you, go get them right now. That's how I feel about the trade deadline. All right, last question because we got to go here really quick. Michael, you first. Max asks, if you ordered a three-topping pizza, what would your toppings be? Jalapenos, number one. I, I started to think about this, and then I'm, I'm afraid I got sidetracked. Jalapenos, definitely. Um, Five seconds. Oh, geez. Uh, you got to do it right now. Banana peppers. Okay. Onions. All right. I'm a vegetarian. Oh, okay. Well, that makes sense. That changes it. So for me, I'm not. So pepperoni, sausage, and bacon. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Complete opposite there. Well, folks, I appreciate you tuning in. And more information, more podcasts, trade coverage, everything you need at PenaltyBoxRadio.com, PenaltyBoxRadio Facebook, PenaltyBoxRadio on Twitter, and live game post on Instagram at PenaltyBoxRadio. For Michael Wade, thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate it. Pleasure was all mine. And producer Buck, this is Justin Bradford. Thanks for listening to Penalty Box Radio here on Nashville's best sports talk, ESPN 1025 The Game.